At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to DSC's Campfires with Larry Weissner. The unique blend of hunting, conservation, and the outdoor lifestyle. Delivered in an entertaining, informative fashion that only a veteran outdoorsman can do. DSC Campfires is brought to you by... DSC, Conservation, Education, and Hunter Advocacy. Hornady, Accurate, Deadly, Dependable. Trigicon, Brilliant Aiming Solutions. Ruger, Rugged, Reliable Firearms. Burnham Brothers Game Calls, Callingest Calls Made. Double Nickel Taxidermy, Where Hunting Memories Are Preserved. Taurus, Maker of the Raging Hunter and Other Fine Handguns. Now here's your host, Larry Weissu. Before beginning this week's episode, I want to thank everybody who took the time to leave a comment at Larry Weissu Outdoors on our Instagram page, and those of you who didn't have Instagram who left it on the Facebook page, Larry Weissu Outdoors. Thank you so very, very much for those comments. I have to tell you that the winner of the knife from the pot of many names that was drawn. The gentleman's name is Mr. Tad Tweedy, who resides in Kansas. Tad, I hope you really enjoy the knife, and it's already on the way through the mail to get to you. So thank you so much for entering. Thank you all for entering, and uh, who knows, we may be having another one of these giveaways here in the next few months or so. We have some very special people with us this morning around the DSC campfire. We've got Mr. Corey Mason, who's the executive director of the Dallas Safari Club. And Corey, why don't you introduce our two other special guests? You're on with me every once in a while, but we've got some truly special people as far as you're concerned and as far as I'm concerned too this morning. (laughs) I appreciate that, Larry. It's great to be with you today. Yes, we have the great honor of having the two most important women in the world in my life uh, with us today, and that's my wife, Karen, and my lovely daughter, Kate. And we're on the FTW Ranch with the New Hunter Program. What did you think about coming here, Miss Kate, coming to this thing? To Was there anything you were really looking forward to? There Was there something that you're going, oh, I'm not too sure about this? 
Well, at first I was nervous because I have a hard time, like, kind of shooting in front of people sometimes because, like, the pressure gets to me. I beg to differ with you. know, you know <laughs> I saw you shoot. <laughs> well, like, before I came, it did. And, like, when I first got here, like, all the guns really scared me, like, all the noises when I was trying to shoot. But then I eventually just kind of got used to it. Eventually was pretty fast. Eventually was really fast and very proficiently. <laughs> what about you, Miss Carrie? Now, I understand that you didn't come necessarily from a hunting family. I did not at all. I came from city folks. So my parents grew up in the city, and I grew up in the city, and we we didn't even go camping as a family. We did not. The outdoors was not our thing. So I did not start hunting until I met Corey. But I was really excited about coming to FTW because I just wanted to learn more. I just wanted to um, learn how to be a better shot because not coming from a hunting family, I don't want to see an animal suffer when I hunt. That like That's what will break my heart and make me cry almost is to watch an animal suffer. I have no problem shooting an animal and using the animal and eating the animal and understanding that, but I don't want to wound anything. I just think that I can do better than that. I agree. Corey... There's a lot of folks out there right now that are, maybe they're, they're dating mm-hmm. or maybe they're living together. Whatever the sure. situation is, things have changed a lot. Now hunting has become something that's really worthwhile in so many different ways, not only from a personal perspective, but from the wildlife perspective, but also particularly from a food perspective. How did you get Miss Karen into to going with you, to, you know, on, on to go hunting and shooting? It was uh, maybe in that honeymoon phase of a, a early relationship there. Unfortunately, she uh, she knew that it was a very important part of my life uh, as a biologist that I spent time outdoors every free second that I had. And uh, unfortunately, Karen, being very open-minded, she said, "You know, I'd love to go." And uh, fortunately, at that time, I had a a yellow lab named Anna, uh, which was ah uh, yes, that was the carrot right there too. <laughs> it was a carrot. And I said, "You need to come watch this this incredible dog work." Uh, and she was a pretty special dog. And uh, so Karen's actually first hunt to go out in the field with me was a uh, waterfowl hunt up on Cooper WMA. And uh, she came out and enjoyed it. But when she saw Anna, I think she had a, had a new appreciation of that relationship as well as what it would like to be a participant in the outdoors, you know? Yeah, and my perspective as a hunting, like as a hunter, the only people that I knew that hunted in the city, dad went away to hunt, mom and the girl stayed home. And I knew that I married somebody that loved to hunt, and I like to be in the middle of things. Like, if we're somewhere and everybody's playing volleyball, I want to play volleyball, I don't want to sit on the sidelines. And so I'm, I knew when we started dating that I could either, if I was going to really fall in love with this guy, I could either go and be part of it, <laughs> or I'd be home a lot by myself. And I didn't want to be home a lot by myself, and I wanted to learn what he did, and I, I learned to love it. I learned to love the outdoors. I, I, I grew up out west of Houston where my mom hunted. Some of my aunts didn't hunt, but all my moms and dad's personal friends, they all hunted. So to me, it was always a natural thing to have mom, grandmother, whatever, in, an, in a deer camp kind of thing. But that wasn't always the case. Uh, and I realized that. So years ago, I used to do hunting seminars all over the northern, northeast particularly. And one of my favorite seminars was is don't ever take a woman hunting. And it was amazing how many women would show up for that seminar, <laughs> uh-huh. you know, mad. Because what do you mean you should never take a, a woman hunting with you? Uh-huh. And what she's proved right here today, talking about Miss Kate, or this trip, is that women are better hunters, better shooters than most men are, by far. She was out shooting everybody out there yesterday. And when we were doing the hair and the scope uh, drill, 
you were shooting unbelievably. I shot better than I thought I would. <laughs> I kind of surprised myself. You kind of surprised yourself. <laughs> I did. I did. And what we found, too, with her friends, um, I don't know if, if it's living in the city, living rurally, but she has a few friends whose dads hunt. Yes. But it's not often thought of to take their daughter. Yeah. And, like, they take the son, but not the daughter. I also have another friend, and, like, she asked her dad to take her, but he said, no, it's a guy thing. Oh, you're kidding. Did no. that break your heart? No. That does break my heart. I know. Heart. Of course, like, she can go with us. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I used to get to, I've got two daughters, and when my daughters were growing up, you know, I'd be somewhere in the go, oh, poor Larry, if he just had two sons, or I had a son, you know, he could take one. Well, my daughters hunted with me from the time they were, they shot their first deer when they were, like, we're in a little bit different situation where I shot their first deer at eight years old, and they were with me constantly, and... They kind of they were the same way as Miss Kate is right here. Yeah. They were absolutely fantastic shots. Mm-hmm. My two daughters could out shoot any boys that walk the face of <laughs> right. And this young lady was out shooting pros out there. <laughs> <laughs> she, she keeps wanting to know the score from yesterday. <laughs> we were talking about that last night. She said, how do we do? I said, well, I don't know. I said, you know, I've been shooting a long time. And I said, I fell apart yesterday. And she just climbed, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's amazing. But... And, it's important as a family, isn't it, to it is. do these mm-hmm. kind of things? It is. You know, particularly where, fortunately, I was, you know, I was kind of like you, Larry. I was fortunate to grow up with, with grandparents that hunted on uh, my dad's side. Actually, my grandmother and my grandfather hunted. Uh, and clearly, my dad has hunted, uh, still hunts. Um, and I was that little kid that, uh, much to his sacrifice, many times had come with, you know, mm-hmm. and he, and before I could be behind the gun, I was with him retrieving dove or, you know, just going and sitting in the deer blind, probably asleep in the floor until right before we shot, you know, right. but it was time together. And and that generational knowledge of hunting and participating in the outdoors, unfortunately, has been broken, you know, in it the is, last yes. generation or two. Yeah. And so we clearly as a family love the outdoors and love to participate. And we want it to be a family thing because it just, it's a time in which we can make the world stop a bit. And go back to something that's very natural and very part of who we are and and spend that time together. Because when we're in the deer blind or out riding around on the ranch road or, you know, walking over to the pond to see what kind of tracks are there, uh, it just brings us closer together. And we get to see and experience new things. And the world just comes alive, you know, when you slow down. And you know what I mean. It, It really does. You know, you learn about nature. You learn about all those things. But you really learn a lot about yourself in the process of all that as well, Mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a big part of that. And as you mentioned, that's something that we're missing in so many different ways. And we've talked about this in the the past, Corey, but between Miss Karen and Miss Kate, how do you think we can get more people into the outdoors? And situations are changing with the world has changed a little bit, thankfully, in a positive manner from a very negative uh, situation that we've had recently. I think inviting people to go with, like, we would love for some of her friends to be able to go with us to do some of those things. And, you know, I think them seeing her or seeing me, I think a lot of the moms are surprised that I hunt. They're like, you go and hunt too? And just, like, having the conversations and kind of going, oh, maybe I can do that when my husband goes. Or inviting people to come along or just talking about our adventures and the places that we go, you know, and the things that we get to do. I mean, we love just going to the deer lease right. together and, you know, it's drop them off in a blind together. Mom sits in a blind and I don't even like to look at my phone. I like no. to, <laughs> you know, I like to pray, watch nature and just kind of, you know, but I think getting people into that, um, growing up in the city, um, Corey, I would always tell Corey, he would say something about city people and this and that. And I would be like, 
we just don't know what we don't know. And I think now even living in Dallas, like when we lived rurally, yeah, lots of people like the outdoors. When we lived in Wimberley, everybody was in the outdoors. But in the city, I think a lot of people just, they know what they've always done and what their families have done, but they don't know what they don't know about the outdoors. So I think inviting people to come with, talking about it, seeing what we do, I think it's, matter of fact, I, I'm her soccer coach. I help her soccer coach. And he was like, I'd like to know more about that marksmanship school. You know oh, what I mean? Really? So, yeah. So just kind of talking about what we do, I think it makes people aware of what's available and out there and the things that you can do and seeing us do it as a family. I think even her friend that doesn't hunt, their family's seeing it a little bit different. We're having those conversations, yes. you know? Yes. And I, I think that's so important to open have a situation where you could open those conversations. Yeah. There was a time frame when I'd crawl on a plane. I, I don't wear a camel very often or anything like that, but obviously I have an outdoor look in some instances. <laughs> and, get no. on the plane. and, you know, and I would invite somebody to ask questions. I would kind of lead a conversation on a plane to where next thing you're where, where are you going? What do you do? Well, that opened the door for me to say a few things. Right. And then I could talk about the hunting aspect, the conservation aspect, you know, the whole thing, how all this is tied together. And so there, I went from a point to where I really don't people perceive me as a hunter when I go on a plane to where, wait a minute, I'm very proud of being what right. I am. Right. And what we have done and where we're headed with that. So if I could engage somebody in, in a conversation, that made it that much better as far as I was concerned for them right. <laughs> to learn a little bit more. And maybe just kind of pique an interest to where, yeah, maybe I, maybe I need to look this a little bit differently or you know, maybe that's something I really want to try to do. Right. I think hunters have a responsibility as well to, to communicate that. Number right. one, be a positive image for hunting from social media posts to the way they communicate hunting and uh, responsible shooting and sort of reflecting back to this wonderful time at FTW, you know, thinking about when I think of what, what is, uh, prohibits people to have access to the outdoors and specifically to hunt, you know, you can open a, a state game and fish proclamation and be overwhelmed by that and think, Oh my goodness, how yes. could I ever do this legally? Where would I go? How do I even start? Where do you know how to do this? And, and, and just like this new hunter program here where there's all those you know, things that require or, or could be a problem for entry into the sport are addressed here from game processing to access to a game and fish, uh, official, if you will, an agency official to, to ask those questions and understanding uh, how do I get access? How do I talk to a private landowner? How do I look for lease? How do I go to public land and hunt? All those kind of things. And to kind of come back full circle to that, now I think hunters have a responsibility to communicate to someone that has interest. For example, back to Kate's buddies, that one of them has an interest to go, you know, and it, it, it's very likely probably not behind the gun the first time, but it's come with us, you know. Let's, Absolutely. Let's go down the pond, skip rocks, and let's walk around and look for shed antlers, you know. Let's yeah, just get outdoors. <laughs> Such as are out here. I mean, there's so many different things. Uh, as I mentioned, my daughters grew up hunting with me. My daughter is still hunting with me. I mean, every year we look forward to the opening of dove season or whatever, you know. It doesn't really make a whole lot of difference. Go squirrel hunting, which... So very often, I think these days, when people think in terms of hunting, they think in terms of big game. Mm -hmm. And yet there's so many opportunities out there for small games, such as squirrels and rabbits and those kind of things. Mm -hmm. There's so much fun to hunt. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And they're, they're great training grounds, and they all look alike. There's no, none have any antlers or horns yep. or, you know, we're not weighing them or anything like that. <laughs> and they're very delicious to eat at the same time. So, but to, And to me, those are the kind of ways that you can 
really introduce people into hunting because it's not a, oh, I gotta be really quiet or I gotta be real stealthy about this or, uh, you know, if you miss an animal, that's the only opportunity you've had or will have. So I think the more that we get people in some of these small game kind of situations, and Tim and I have talked about some of this here, you know, in the the future, as, as we go forward going, okay, this worked good, this worked good with this new hunter school. And I said, well, maybe let's do one on rabbits. And I've mm-hmm. talked to uh, to uh, Josh uh, Schwenka about the same thing. I said, mm-hmm. what about showing people how to prepare rabbits so and squirrels as we move mm-hmm. forward? So something else we're looking at on those things. Shooting. And I want to get back to that a little bit because, Miss Kate, you absolutely amaze me. I've come out here a long time over the years with and guys who have hunted all over the world and and as far as shooting is concerned, you shot at a thousand yards off of two sticks, standing on your two feet, not laying down prone, shot at a thousand yard target, and you came closer to hitting that target this center than I've ever seen anybody do. With like six men standing around yes, watching. Yes, and every one of them went, "Oh my goodness!" They were all jealous. Let me tell you. And then when F took, he had the photograph. And you can see the center right. target, and about two inches below, and about a quarter of an inch to the yep. left was where you hit that thing. And you were standing up. What did you do to do that? How, how did that happen? Um, it wasn't an accident. I know that because I saw you shoot other things just the same way. I really had to focus and like pretend the other people weren't there, and I had to remember the one thing that Mr. Doug kept telling me: talk to your finger. Because I felt myself like if I jerked it, then I would miss it. But if I just focused like really slowly on squeezing it, mm-hmm. it went exactly where I wanted it to go. It did. <laughs> it did time and time again. <laughs> I'm going to pick on you just a little bit. Okay, you, I heard you say that you were a little somewhat intimidated about maybe shooting in front of other people. Okay, now you've done that. You've learned how to shoot. How do you think that's going to affect you as you go back to school and, and face different situations that maybe in the past have kind of been a concern? I mean, now that I've done some things like in front of people that I wasn't ready for before, maybe it'll help me because I'm like, well, giving a speech in front of the class is way easier than shooting in front of snipers. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and I remember y'all, when y'all first came to Dallas, we had Miss Kate on the the, the, the legend stage and brought you up there, and you right. made an impression on me there, and, and uh, that impression has done nothing but increase <laughs> and all those kind of things. Now, we talked a little bit about hunting, but y'all are getting ready for a special hunting trip, right? We yes, sure sir. are, Larry. We're very excited. We leave in about a week and a half, head to Namibia. I love Namibia. I've been there numerous times, and if I go back to Africa, that's probably where I'm going to go. What, Miss Karen? What? I know we all have animals that kind of trip our trigger a little bit. What? What? What are you looking for beyond the experience and all those kind of things and the experience of the culture? Is there a particular animal that you're interested in taking away there? Kudu. Kudu. Why kudu? I just always thought they were beautiful. Like I love the the twirly antlers. And, um, or horn, are they horns? Horn, or they're, they're horns. horns. They're <laughs> horns. Um, but I love the swirly horns. I just think they're really pretty animals. Um, his parents have been to Africa. I think this is going to, if they're able to go, it's going to be their 14th time. Something like that. 13th yeah. or 14th. And they have a few in their home. Right. And I just think they're absolutely beautiful animals. I just think they're super cool. 
So I've always told him from like, if we ever get to go, I'd love to shoot a cootie. <laughs> the first time we went to, we this will be our third time to go, but the first time, um, and I'm not like sliding anybody, but his mom goes everywhere, but she just doesn't care to hunt. And so the first time we went, I just went as an observer and asked Corey two days in, I was like, I want to be out on the truck. And the next time we ever do this, I want a gun. <laughs> and so the last time was 07. We went to Africa and um, I hunted then. But ever ever since then, though, I've, I've seen what his parents have in their home. And I just think the kudos is beautiful. Oh, they're absolutely fantastic. And they're so much fun to hunt. Yeah. And they're not easy. Namibia's got probably some of the best kudos as far as kudu hunting is concerned as well, too. And I've, I've hunted those. I, I fell in love with kudu a long, long time ago. The first time I went to Africa... I shot everything absolutely perfectly on the first shot. When the kudu came, finally came time for me to shoot a kudu, the first four shots I missed probably by about 20, 30 feet. <laughs> wow. There was just something I was so, I couldn't contain the excitement, yeah. you know. And, uh, but since then, I, it's not the excitement's worn off, but I'm, through the training that I received sure. at FTW, I'm shooting a little bit better <clears throat> when I see a kudu. Corey, what about you? You know, I uh, there's a few things that, that <clears throat> I'm looking for for the opportunity on, but uh, Elon is, is really high on my list. Uh, I've seen a couple of Elon. I was in uh, in Namibia a couple of years ago on uh, for DSC business, not yes, hunting, sir. but uh, we were in some conservancies, and I had the opportunity to see uh, some beautiful kudu bulls. And ever since then, I've said I'd really like to hunt one of those. So, oh, those Elon are so majestic and huge, and uh, they're just. <laughs> I shot one that we we ended up getting after and finally caught up with them. We were about two miles. We were up in the Omotendeca area of, uh, of Namibia. No roads. There, there's. It's basically a million acres and, and they're like a road going north and south and one road going east and west and then a few trails. And where I shot the one I did, it was about two miles from the closest <laughs> point. Of, of course. And uh, we ended up having to bring a crew in and actually built a road to it. Kind of oh, like rolling rocks and cutting all those kind of things. And they're absolutely fantastic. Well, cooter are good to eat, but those Zealand are yeah. just fantastic. Yeah. Now I'm going to come back. Now I'm going to, to come to you because I want to see if you tell me the same thing that your dad told me when I asked what you were looking for. So, Miss Kate, what are you looking for? I'm looking for the, anything that walks in between my crosshairs and gives me a shot. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Because I, I asked your dad, I said, you know, I asked about you too, Miss Karen, and I said, well, what about Miss Kate? What is she? That was the exact thing. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's that's so very important to me. It, I, I love going over where I have target animals. But at the same time, that is the experience right there. That brings in the entire experience of, of the hunt. Of You know, whatever comes in and that you got the good shot on that you can take. And I know you're all going to try to eat a lot of the animals that are there too in terms of yeah. that's usually part of that package of being in Africa. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, what gun are you taking, Miss Kate? I'm taking my 6.5 Creedmoor. I like it. I got a feeling as well as you. you <laughs> and that's the one she's been practicing with here. <laughs> Absolutely, that's and, and that's the way to do it. You know, if you're going to go, it's great coming here because they do have all kinds of guns to try. But sometimes during the course of your time here, I think it's really important that you you, you shoot the gun that you. you because for one thing, you learn the capabilities of the gun, and you learn the cap your capabilities with that gun, kind of thing. What about you, Miss Karen? What have you got? You got a particular gun you're taking, or we're taking the 300 Win Mag. Corey oh. and I are going to share it, so we're going to be we're going to hunt together as a family, 
and um, and he and I will just take turns as who's on sticks. And so we brought that with us. And I'll tell you, being I'm, I was excited to come here, and our timing was particularly good because it's given me it's given me more confidence, you know, to be able to get up on something, get on it quickly to where I don't always think fast on my feet. And even that exercise we did yesterday, you know, when I'd miss and there, or I couldn't find something in the crosshairs, Tim was like, and I'm like, okay, okay. He's like, stay after it, stay after it, stay after it, stay after it. Yes, yes. Um, was just, that was such good training and practice for me. So I feel like I'm going in with more confidence. And then we brought the 300 with us. I didn't shoot it the whole time because I didn't want to wreck my shoulder. No, 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 no. But we, when we got on sticks yesterday, it was like, okay, let's get the 300, let's get it on sticks. Let's practice shooting, you know, a 200, 250, a 300 target. So I knew I could build that confidence in that range. Um, hopefully I get a hundred yard shot, but you know, we don't right, always right. get to, but knowing that I could take a 250 and take it well, gave me a lot of confidence going into our trip. To me, that confident factor is so important. I mean, I've, I've taken shots and, and, I, and I always have to stay ready, always, but I know that the animal is going to go down very quickly because I just have confidence in that particular firearm and my ability with it. Right. Yeah, you know, occasionally mess up, but you, that's the last thing I want to do. I don't. I don't mind a miss because I learn from the miss. Right. I don't want to wound an right. animal. I'm that's the same way. to me is the bottom line, and and um, I'm going to do all of my power to keep that from happening. Or if I have any kind of concern at all, I'll say, okay, you're right here. You're going to follow up the shot, kind of thing. Yep. I'll try to follow up my own, but if there needs that animal doesn't go down, please take it. What anything else in Africa that y'all are going to be able to do while you're there, other than spend time around the campfire and and uh, all those kind of things? Are you doing anything and that you're aware of right now? We're going to get to uh, to stay in a couple of camps, which is really nice. I, uh, I thought you told me you were going yeah. to two different camps. We are, so we're going to be in the the first one, uh, sort of that traditional, just uh, Namibian veld, and then the second camp uh, four or five days later, going to be in that true uh, Namibian red sand. So uh, hunting. It's a few different species, but mainly just a little bit different experience. So that's going to be fun. Oh, God, it is. The, the red sand is amazing, particularly when you see those gems buck out there. They kind of stake you out. And the, the red sand, uh, years ago, I, I spent some time over there with Fred Burchell, or Burchell, however you want to pronounce it. And Fred was one of the most fantastic naturalists I've ever been around. He and his wife, Laura, and I got in a vehicle with water, two tents, and we simply just crisscrossed the Namib mm -hmm. Desert back wow. and forth. He had heard of a 50,000 herd, uh, 50,000 animal uh, springbuck herd that was there. And so we went in search of this. And I mean, there were no roads. We were just crisscrossing and we were very wow. fortunate we didn't get stuck, but really had a great time, <laughs> wow. you know, on, the, wow. on that red sand because it's so really unique. It is, yeah. Namibia I, in itself, to me, is it, it, in some ways it's kind of like Texas because you do have some mountains. You, we have, you know, the Monahan sand. And you bet. You, I know you like to hunt. Y'all like <laughs> yeah. to hunt mule deer out in some of yeah. that sandy country. Yeah. And you have that, and you you get into the Caprivi, and then you get down to the lower part. There are just so many different parts of Namibia that are absolutely fantastic. It seemed like, for all those reasons, it seemed like the great place to take the first family safari to take Kate to experience where it's. It's very safe and secure. Entry and exit's very easy. Um, and uh, the Mibian, uh, obviously, as you know, from a professional standpoint, we work very closely with their ministry, so their conservation standards are extremely high. And so really thinking about all that and the ability to go and have a true uh, experience, that's the reason we chose to, to go there for the first time and for Kate to get to experience that. And to me, it's real Africa. It is. I mean, the, the, there are some fences there in places, but most of the country that I've hunted, I, there, there may have been a barbed wire fence there somewhere, <laughs> but I 
couldn't find it, you know, over there. And uh, but that is absolutely fantastic. Well, we're going to come back a little bit later after you guys get back. I want to hear the stories and and uh, I want to see the photographs as well too. <laughs> you hear the stories of Kate, right? <laughs> I, I want to hear your story too, Mister. I've heard some important yeah. stories. Yeah. <laughs> and I have the opportunity to listen to some of his stories every once in a while. But I'm really particularly interested in the two y'all. Anything else y'all like to talk about before we leave here? I mean, we've had an absolutely great time. We've had great people in camp with this new hunter program and. Without a doubt, to me, it, it's the even though I'm involved in it, it's the finest of these schools around for what Tim and the guys put on. I can't overemphasize the value of it. Doesn't matter if it's the sheep hunter that's hunted goats and sheep all around the world to someone that is literally trying to figure out which end of the firearm is the safe end. Everywhere in between, they tailor that package to train you and to teach you where you are and prepare you for your next opportunity. The instruction here is second to none. The hospitality is second to none. The facilities, the the training, like Karen mentioned, to uh, sort of culminate at the end of the last few days to, to shooting off sticks and provide that confidence where she was banging that nine-inch plate at 300 yards off sticks, you know, <laughs> to build that confidence. And oh, yeah. they, they, just, they just build that training package in such a very uh, simple but yet methodical way. And it, it's just that it really is that if anybody has the opportunity or their desire to get better, again, regardless of who you are, uh, I was humbled yesterday many times, I guarantee you that, uh, this is the place to do it. I mean, FTW is incredible. I would love to come once a year. I mean, just to like practice, brush up, keep it, keep it sharp, yep. you know, I, I get totally, better. I totally agree. When I lived in the Valley, the, I was 62 miles from my house to here. So, wow. I, so I could be up here quite often and I'd come up and spend an afternoon to visit, but also to come shoot just a little bit to right. kind of stay tuned up with what protect yeah. a rifle or learn the capabilities of that rifle that I had and my capabilities with it kind of thing. And, but it, you're right. To me, this should be an, an annual deal where you come here. Yeah. I know we've got Russell and Mary Stacy and Kaylee, their daughter, coming in to this, here. And what they do, anytime they have a major hunt, they come up here for, for a tune-up. Um, they, too, yeah. are going to Africa. And so they're going to uh, through what these guys call a two-day safari prep. And it just kind of goes back to the basics. I think that's awesome. I do too. This this is one of my favorite places on earth. It really is. Yeah. And it has to do almost as much with, well, probably more with the people than yep. it does anything else right. kind of thing. Right. But also the training that you, you go through here. And again, you go through a lot of training, but you also learn a lot about yourself while you're doing it. You do. You build confidence in, in your ability as to what you can do. And to me, that it always comes back to that, you know, you, you grow and you learn. You grow and you learn. Well, to see Kate, you know, come here and she's apprehensive. Yes. Uh, and she was, you know, what, what, what are people going to say or do with this? Because she was aware of the level of instructors and their, right. their credibility from the shooting perspective. And, but then to come and to watch her after the first morning or first hour of kind of figuring that out and, and then getting behind the gun and then coaching her like that simple, hey, talk to your finger, you know, and mm -hmm. to work through that and, and then a little bit later the day, and then the next day, and she's on the line, and the next time she's just laying down, and you hear that sweet little voice, shoot her ready, shoot her ready. She's, she's waiting her turn. She's wanting to cut in line to get her next shot, you know. And, and I she, saw that. Yes. She hits it at five, and then she's, can I shoot at six? Can I, I shoot at seven? <laughs> Corey's like, Mom needs a turn, Kate. <laughs> or somebody says, what, what, what do y'all want to do now? And that's what you say. You like, well, we get a little, well, let's go shoot. Yeah. Right. Right. That's right. <laughs> Well, I want to thank y'all so very much for being with me this morning and the, all the people out there who are listening and how much I truly, truly appreciate what y'all are doing and how you, as a family, do things together. I think that's 
the epitome of what everybody needs to do. That's the pinnacle that everybody should reach as far as I'm concerned. So the very best in Africa, and I look forward to getting together with y'all around the campfire as soon as you get back. Thank That's you, Larry. Great. Thank, Thank you so much. Thank y'all so much. Thanks for joining us around the campfire. To leave a comment or suggestion for an upcoming episode, go to Instagram at Larry Wysoon Outdoors. Please join me right here next week for another DSC's Campfire. DSC Campfires with Larry Wysoon has also been brought to you by the Texas Wildlife Association. Working for tomorrow's wildlife today. TRHP Outdoors. Kenetrek Boots for the trails less traveled. Boyd, the finest in hunting gear. Pyramid Air for all things air gun. And Ripcord. Rescue Travel Protection. A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. Oh, I'll be over there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. In Wild Country, rules were not created by man. Don't miss Wild Country, Wednesdays from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Primos. Speak the language. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.